0: From world conflicts to falling financial markets, natural disasters, and more. Wish the headlines would just stop. It's not a newsflash that life can feel like a pressure cooker. From managing work to building relationships, it's easy to feel overwhelmed. And for many of us, anxiety and stress are constant companions. But you're not alone. You may not know it, but support is out there. Just waiting to meet you. And you can find it through the friendly people at Church's Care. At Church's Care, we know that finding your community can feel intimidating. That's why we do the heavy lifting for you. Churches Care helps connect people like you to churches that can support and serve you. In your new community, you'll find a group of people ready to talk, listen, and help you navigate life through its twists and turns. All you have to do is come as you are. If you're ready to find your community, visit ChurchesCare.com today. That's ChurchesCare.com, C-H-U-R-C-H-E-S-Care.com. We look forward to serving you.
1: There's something scary hiding in the back of your closet. Your bathing suits and summer clothes thing you're pretty sure don't fit anymore. What if there was a way to get into summer shape in one visit? Here's Dr. Brian Strand for Sonobello to explain.
0: It really is quite remarkable. Sonobello doctors use a technology called microlaser fat removal, and the results are amazing. We customize your procedure to accomplish your goals. Just share with us the problem areas where you'd like the fat in inches removed
1: Visit sonobello.com slash save. sonobello.com slash save. That's sonobello.com slash save.
2: This is the X- ex-
3: And welcome to the Exxon, everyone. My name is Rob McConnell, and we're coming to you from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, right here on the Starcom Radio Network. Worldwide toll-free, 800-610-7035 is our toll-free number. If you'd like to send us an email during the show, it's exxon at exxonradiotv.com. If you'd like to text us via Skype, very simple, TV, and on all social media sites, Zone Radio TV, and our main website where you can listen to the XZones, 24-7, 365, TV.com Just like to remind everyone that we are now on the Starcom Radio Network weeknights starting at 8 o'clock in the evening Eastern. And I've got to tell you something. The CEO of Starcom Radio Network is legendary broadcaster, Ed Till, and Ed still does his show Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. until 5 p.m. daily. If you want to see what real radio is really about, join and listen to the Ed Till Show Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. until 5 p.m., and all weekend, the real music show. Wow, exciting times. Let's take a look at the news in the past. Uh, Today is Wednesday, May the 27th in the year 2015. And on this day in history, in in 1647, Alice Young, a resident of Windsor, Connecticut, was executed for being a witch. Now, this was the first recorded American execution of a witch in history. In 1668, three colonists were expelled from Massachusetts for being Baptists. Can you believe that? Hmm. 1896, 255 people were killed in St. Louis, Missouri, when a tornado struck. The pubonic plague broke out in San Francisco on this date in 1907. On this date in 1933, Walt Disney's Three Little Pigs was first released. As if I really care. In 1937, on this date in California, the Golden Gate Bridge was opened to pedestrian traffic. The bridge connected San Francisco and Marin County. Here's something that is very uh, historical news-wise. In 1941, the, on this date, the German battleship Bismarck was sunk by the British Naval and Air Forces. 2,300 people were killed. On this date in 1969, construction of Walt Disney World began in Florida. Listen to this explanation. It was on this date in 1986, Mel Fisher recovered a jar that contained 2,300 emeralds from the Spanish ship Atocha. The ship sank in the 17th century. In 1995, on this date in history, in Charlottesville, uh, Virginia, Christopher Reeve was paralyzed after being thrown from his horse during a jumping event. And let me see. Oh, this is going to surprise everyone. All right, are you sitting down or are you holding on to your seats? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I'll give you a couple of seconds to pull your cars over. I don't want anybody getting into an accident with this, this unbelievable news. It was on this date in 1998 that Charlie Sheen was admitted to a hospital in Los Angeles for a drug overdose. And finally, um, let me see, uh, let me pick something here. In 1998 on this date, Michael Fortier was sentenced to 12 years in prison for not warning anyone about a plot to bomb an Oklahoma City Federal building. And they are just some of the many stories that happened on this date in history. Wow. Speaking about history, UFOs are the big thing these days. You know, come June 26, 27, 28 in Brantford, Ontario, there's going to be the Alien Cosmic Expo. There you're going to have the cream of the crop when it comes to UFOs, alien extraction, alien experiences, intrusions, dowsing, uh, let me see, uh, the Billy Meyer case, hypno- hypnosis, and and so many other experts. So what I'd like you to do after the show, not during the show, okay, maybe during a commercial break, go to www.aliencosmicexpo.com. Check it out. Make plans to be there. Now, Brantford, Ontario is a beautiful little town. We go there often. They've got a great casino. I think I own three-quarters of it by now. Um, You know, and it's just down the road from Hamilton. It's not far from London, Ontario. It's not far from Windsor. Niagara Falls, New York, Buffalo, New York, Mm -hmm. Toronto, east of Toronto. It's not far. Make plans to join us. Now, once again, go to www.aliencosmicexpo.com, yes, thank you, Craig, for all the information pertaining to this first-of-a-kind-in-Canada event. Speaking of the Alien Cosmic Expo, My guest this hour is going to be there himself. Bob Mitchell is his name. We're going to be talking to Bob about many things. Uh, We're going to be talking to Bob this hour about UFOs. We're going to be talking to him about his book entitled Intrusion, An Alien Encounter. Joining me now from his home in Brantford, Ontario, is my guest this hour, Bob Mitchell. And Bob, welcome to the X-Zone.
4: Thanks for having me. Uh, Boy, (laughs) I I don't know how I can follow that list of strange events that happened on this day, but... uh, I guess uh, I'll fall right into
3: history there. Well, well you know, Bob, you yourself are, are uh, you know, you've been a journalist. You've been in the media. And, you know, the new news is that is, the saying is, if it don't bleed, it don't lead. Right. So we had to get it. We totally. had we had to start it off with kind of the weird and strange stuff because here on the X-Zone, we don't talk about weird or strange, do we? Oh. No,
4: it's uh, just that every... It sounds like it's just a normal day here. Yeah,
3: it, it is, Bob. Uh, Bob, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you became interested in the topic of UFOs.
4: Um, well, I've always been interested in the, uh, I guess, not the occult, but the paranormal mm-hmm. and, and the UFOs. And, uh, and, and, but, you know, being a journalist working for Canada's largest paper, the Toronto Star, for most of my professional career and... and most of it covering crime and then in the last three years of my career uh, returning to sports, um, I never thought that I would ever have a chance to uh, ever interview anybody uh, that had any remotely connection with UFOs and I wasn't just interested in in writing a book about somebody that saw lights in the sky. I wanted to write a book about uh, people who had actual experiences or at least believed they had actual experiences and they weren't just, you know, uh, making it up, that they really, truly believed that they'd been affected and their lives had changed. So um, when I left the Star, I, I, I was freelancing, and one of the things I wanted to do was uh, try to interview a field investigator with MUFON, who somewhere in Ontario, and preferably in Brantford, so I could freelance the local paper. Mm-hmm. Lo and behold, th- there wasn't such an animal. And uh, after talking to Stu Bundy, who was going to be at the... Uh, Alien Cosmic Expo, and I believe he's going to be on your show in a couple of weeks. Yes, he is. Um, um, we got together over lunch, and over lunch, uh, he convinced me that I should be the uh, the field investigator for Brantford, and so instead of me interviewing somebody, I became the person that uh, I was going to interview. Um, and so we organized a, a first meeting in Brantford in, in August after we came back from the MUFON conference in uh, Cherry Hill, New Jersey, last summer. We expected 15 people, and um, lo and behold, we had about 75 show up. And wow. it was from that meeting that uh, that I met uh, two of the uh, people, uh, actually three of the people uh, that are in my book, Intrusion, uh, Alien Encounters. Um, just another sidelight, uh, about 10 years ago, my wife and I had an experience that... Uh, I, I, I'm not going to go say it was a UFO experience, but it was something that we still can't explain till today. And if we have time, maybe I'll, uh, I'll um, go into that a little bit more, but uh, sure. I'll, I'll leave that up to you.
3: Could you tell us about it now that you've got my curiosity?
4: Sure. Okay, absolutely. So uh, about 10 years ago, we lived in uh, the Bronte area of Oakville. And um, one summer night, um, my wife was working at... Uh, at uh, her job as a as a medical technician worker at the Sunrise uh, Senior Living Home, and I uh, I'd been home most of the night after after working the day shift at the Star, and uh, she came home after midnight, and I was just going to bed at that time because I had to get up early in the morning, so she had the TV on and was just winding down, and some point during the middle of the night, um, she came rushing into the bedroom to wake me up because she said there's a tremendous wind outside it's blowing everything all around the uh, the garbage cans are blowing down the street the 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 gate in the back air was flying ob- open so uh, i got out of bed and I, I i guess i was drowsy because i i don't recall much about that evening except that she says i looked out the window and she pointed up in the sky that in the black sky this white light uh seemed to be breaking right through the sky and uh and almost like a mini tornado was was going around our house. Um, uh, I heard a lot of noise in the backyard, and I remember going out into the backyard because all our backyard furniture was blowing all over the place too. But the strangest thing is it probably was 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning, and when I walked out in the backyard, uh, I distinctly remember the whole backyard was lit up like daylight. But the strangest thing is I never looked up to see why it was so daylight. I just went about my business, um, grabbed everything I could to tie down, Mm -hmm. uh, brought the Mm -hmm. gate back. And my wife says she came in the backyard to see if I needed any help. And she said I was uh, basically covered in a bluish gray white light. Um, I came in the house. uh, She says I sat down and talked to her about it, but I have no recollection of doing that. And then I went back to bed as if nothing had happened. And I got up the next morning, uh, truly thinking that that it had been a dream. And I remember asking my wife when she came home that night, you know, did I go out in the backyard and there was there like a wind going all around? And she confirmed it all happened. But I talked to my next door neighbors the next day, and they didn't see anything happen that night. But uh, I don't know what it was. Uh, I don't believe there was any loss of time, and and. Uh, I never even thought anything of it till, you know, 10 years later when I'm interviewing people about uh, their experiences, and, and a lot of them tell me about this bluish-gray-white light that they find themselves in. So I have no idea what happened that night, um, but it happened, <laughs> and so that only tweaked my interest even more.
3: All right, so here you are. You're now the MUFON field r- researcher, I would imagine, uh, for the Brantford area. If you were investigating your your sighting, your experience, what would you what would you what would you come to a conclusion that this case was all about?
4: Boy, that's a good question because uh, the people I interviewed for the book uh, they had this same experience, but mm-hmm. their experience has continued to the point where they believed they were on a spaceship or they believed they were taken somewhere. Um, I have no, if I was asking myself this question, I have no um, evidence that I went anywhere. I have no signs. I have, had no markings on my body. I don't have any re- recollected memories uh, of, of anything other than that it happened in the backyard that night. Um, so that's a really a good question because I, I wouldn't know what to make of it. Um, If it hadn't happened to me, I might have said, well, uh, this person had read a lot of books, and he's Mm -hmm. just reading what other people have have said. But it did happen to me, and I know I didn't make it up. I just don't know what happened.
3: Can you tell us uh, about some of the stories that that are in your book, uh, Intrusion, Alien Encounter? And by the way, Explanation, Bob's books are available on Amazon.com and Amazon.ca. Had to get your plug in there, Bob. So tell us about uh, some of the stories in your book and the people that you actually interviewed.
4: Uh, yes, well, the interesting thing about the stories is that everybody in the book is about the same age. They're all between 50 and 60. And they all had a tremendous desire all their lives to tell somebody about their experiences, but hmm. but never did and until I came along, which... Uh, I feel very fortunate because uh, I'm not a psychologist and I, I...
0: Xavier University is tackling Ohio's nursing shortage by giving individuals with non-nursing bachelor's degrees an opportunity to accelerate into the profession. Whether you studied accounting, biology, marketing, or anything in between, our ABSN program can prepare you for nursing practice in as few as 16 months. So if nursing is your calling, now's the time to answer it. Enroll for one of three terms at our locations in Cincinnati, Cleveland, or Columbus. Search Xavier ABSN to apply.
1: Great news. For a limited time, you can get one month free of Spectrum Mobile service. That's right, one month free with any new line. This exclusive offer is only available at select Spectrum stores, so stop by today. Our team of mobile experts are ready to help you switch and save hundreds on your mobile bill. Don't miss out on this incredible offer. Come see us at Market at Hilliard, Taylor Square, and Waterloo Crossing. Spectrum Internet and AutoPay required. Restrictions apply. Visit store for details.
4: I don't know why uh, these people trusted me, but uh, they did almost immediately, and, and for some reason they believed that I would not uh, just, you know, shove them away, and I, I really wanted to hear their stories. So over a period of um Numerous interviews that took um, numerous hours and uh, I got to know all all four of the the people that are highlighted in my book and uh, let's see where do I get where do i begin i i mean i mean um, kelly mclean uh, her her stuff started when she was a ten year old uh, or a six year old girl uh, back in california she lived she lived there in her early life and came to Canada about forty years ago and she married a canadian and she's been here ever since but her uh, one one of her really truly amazing stories is that as a ten year old, um, she's living on a street in in the outskirts of Los Angeles, and she's she's every day she goes down in the summer to visit her good friend, and her, her good friend happens to be Japanese. Mm-hmm. And and uh, the reason I bring that up is that it comes into play later on. Um, so she's going down the street uh, to visit her friend, and on the way home that day. Um, she stops in front of her house and across the street there's a vacant lot. But on that day, there's a house on the vacant lot. And and she can't figure out what the house is doing on the vacant lot. and But she's very interested in it. And she goes into the house. And once she gets into the house, though, it's no longer a vacant lot. It's actually, uh, you know, as a 10-year-old, she doesn't know what it is. But when she describes what it is, it's clear that she's now inside a spaceship. And... The uh, the aliens or the entities or whatever they are made her think it was a it was a house in a vacant lot that shouldn't have been there. Um, once she's in the spaceship, she uh, ends up seeing um, small tanks filled with um, what what can only be described as um, as embryos or or almost even infants attached to tubes inside these fish tanks in green liquid. Um there's uh, another being uh, beside these fish tanks who who she calls the doctor, and this can only be described as being um, a mantis, um, not a gray, but a mantis, uh, you know, an eight foot tall yeah. insect looking being and 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 as a ten year old she she describes it as an insect. Uh, she didn't know what mantis were back then and and for some reason, um, she had nothing but extreme love for this creature um, to the point where she felt she had known this creature all her life that uh, was not scared one bit and she felt that the creature also had love for her um, which is kind of strange because I always tell people that if I'm in a strange room, and suddenly uh, an eight-foot-tall being that looks like a giant uh, insect is standing beside <laughs> me. I, I'm I'm going to run away quite quickly, and and I'm not going to hang around to get the name. But you uh, and
3: me both. But
4: she didn't. But she didn't run. I mean, she she absolutely loved being there with this creature, and the creature told her telepathically um, that she was very special and very important, and she had important work to do, and. As a ten-year-old, she uh, while she's in the spaceship, she's actually given a, a, a baby to hold, mm-hmm. and and that in itself is kind of strange because many many uh, abductees experiencers recount uh, how they believe they've had uh, you know given birth to babies that are taken from them or implanted by aliens and, and yes. hybrid beings. But she's only ten years old, so this could not have been her baby. That's um, right, but it's almost as if they were training her to in the future to think that this is a natural thing for her to uh, to have happened to her and um she's she ends up in a, a, a green t- a tub of liquid that uh, she thinks she's going to drown but she can open her mouth and she's not uh, drowning and it it wasn't an unpleasant experience whatsoever um she had such a great time that when, when she left, uh, she ran home, and all she could think of uh, that night was that, I really want to go back the next day to see these people because uh, because I really love them. And of course, she gets up the next morning, and she runs out the door, and there's nothing but a vacant lot there. Um, she has no idea what happened, but over the years, she has a lot more um, terrifying experiences in her own home as an adult, where... Beings that can only be described as greys or um, or biological entities come and basically terrorize her. Uh, She feels that she's she's taken, but she her body becomes paralyzed. Um, She knows they're doing something to her, but she can't she can't do anything about it. And and that's one of the things that is a a great theme throughout everybody is that when you have these encounters. You lose complete control of your body, totally. Um, They can do whatever they want. They can make you think whatever you want, and they they talk to you telepathically, and they control even your vocal cords to the point where you can't scream or talk back. You can only think back. And uh, they alter your, um, uh, basically, your your experience of what is actually happening to you. and and that's one of the most terrifying parts about about uh, Kelly McLean's story is that she is absolutely one hundred and ten percent convinced that she was taken, that she was experienced had these experiences throughout her life, um, that they are real. Um, she wasn't necessarily harmed, but there was so much fear in it. But at the same time, she tells me that. These beings can control your mind, can control your body so much. Who knows if what she experienced actually happened, the mm-hmm. way she is remembering it, because they can control everything. And and there's absolutely nothing you can do. Uh, they come through your walls. They don't go through the door. Um, they're just able to bend time. They're able to um, bend your own reality to the point where you, you really think you're going crazy, but you know that... That you're not
3: well let me let me ask you this bob did yeah. kelly undergo a polygraph examination has she undergone a psychological analysis to see if there is no uh, imbalance
4: um she didn't do that but we uh i had a, a less such who's, who's who's part of the organization committee for the alien cosmic expo mm-hmm. he uh came with me and did several uh, hypnosis uh uh, episodes with her, and where she, you know, went back and relived all these events. And the interesting thing about it is that um, <clears throat> she told me quite a lot of things, you know, face to face, just in an interview mm-hmm. sense. Um, when she went under hypnosis, she didn't change her story, but only expanded it and, and revealed things that she she hadn't revealed to me. Um, another interesting thing that happens with all the people that I interviewed is that they get to a certain point where something is going to happen to them mm-hmm. and then they there's a blackness There's a, it's like they black out and when they come to it's over and the interesting thing is that when uh, they're telling me these stories and we, we put other people under hypnosis um, they don't try to uh, make up things during the, the blackness they, they don't try to fill in the gaps um, there's, there's they don't know what happened so oh, they don't try to, to make you feel that they do. I, I, all um, right, I, I
3: understand that certain people believe that hypnosis is real. And there's the larger majority of the population who still have their doubts about hypnosis because if hypnosis was as validating as a lot of people would like to think it is, it would be used in the judicial system, which it's not anymore because of fallacies. So how can we take yeah. whatever, so how can we take whatever anybody says when it comes to UFOs, Bigfoot, whatever the case, as verbatim, well, as, as the truth when it comes out of the evidence based on hypnosis?
4: Well, the only thing I could say to that is that their stories never changed whether they were under hypnosis or not. Yeah. So there wasn't a sense of trying to embellish anything. Or, or try to uh, make something more terrifying or, or less terrifying. Um, I do know that both Kelly and Pierre Mahara, who, who we put under hypnosis, had very emotional uh, reactions to uh, the events as they were happening while they were under. You know, they were crying, they were, um, and, and you, could, you could sense they were reliving something um, much more than they did when they were just talking to me uh, normally.
3: Prior to the the their encounter, their sighting, citing their their experience. Had they had an interest in ufology? Had they had an interest in the paranormal?
4: As far as I can tell, no. And and uh, when when it happened to Kelly, I mean, as mm-hmm. as a, well, they all, everybody ha- happened when they were very young. All all four people that I talked to, their first encounters happened when they were six or seven, five years old. Uh, for Marian Anderson, who was even younger, she was about uh, living in an orphanage in Toronto, um, so they didn't even have any sense of UFOs or aliens uh, or anything like that. In fact, Marianne Anderson was was deaf uh, when it happened, and, and she's you know completely deaf today. And in sign language, she was telling her caregivers at the time using the words alien and UFO, and they had no idea what she was talking about or where this was coming from because this certainly wasn't a word that was ever used in front of her sure. before. Um, uh, in later life, when when Kelly had a very uh, terrible experience in, in her bedroom in uh, Mount Pleasant, Ontario, which is just south of Brantford, um, she originally thought it was uh, a ghost that had come into her house. Mm-hmm. Um, but then uh, she realized there was a three-hour time difference between the time she experience it in the time she went downstairs to uh, uh, when she thought she was going to run out of the house to avoid whatever was haunting her. Um, she, she thought only 20 minutes went by and right. three hours had gone by. Um, Marian Anderson the uh, Grimsby, she's a very, very interesting uh, person because um, when I first met her, um, she actually came to me as a case for, for Mufon and she basically wanted me to get rid of the aliens. Uh, she she was tired of them coming to visit her, and sh- and she couldn't understand why uh, a, a middle-aged woman who was overweight and, and had some medical issues and, and, and was completely deaf was of any interest to these beings uh, who were visiting her on a regular basis. And, and I tried to explain to her, well, you know, I don't think I can remove them. I'm not a, you know, I don't have any special powers to remove them, but I'll listen to your story and and it took a while to figure out how to how to communicate with her because um i don't know sign language and and she would get very excited when she was trying to talk to me mm-hmm. and and it was difficult to kind of like understand what she was saying but we eventually got together and and one of her friends had two adult uh, children who could could sign so in her house uh, they helped me communicate with her and uh, the the strangest thing was that over a period of um several sessions uh, I started to be able to understand uh, Marianne without using the sign language right um, her her speech seemed to get better and better to the point uh, she's come to a couple of Mufon meetings in Brantford and she has actually gotten up in front of 40 50 people and talked to them and told her story um, she she has completely changed her whole uh, ability to to be afraid to talk about it in front of people.
3: I all right, and, Bob. And
4: every, every everybody has has had a transformation that way. They they all feel that a you know a big weight has lifted off their shoulders, being able to talk about their. Experience. All right,
3: you and I have to take a commercial break. We'll be back in sure. a couple of minutes. Exonation. Bob Mitchell is our special guest. He is the author of Intrusion: Alien Encounter, and he's also the author of Incident at Pleasant Ridge: A Canadian UFO Mystery. For more information on Bob, his blog, I'm sorry, his website is bobmitchellwriter.wordpress.com. That's bobmitchellwriter.wordpress.com. We'll both be back on the other side of this break as the exome continues from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, on the new and powerful Starcom Radio Network. Don't go away. In the world today, most people want what is called the American dream. They want love, a family, a fancy car, and a nice home in a nice neighborhood. They also want a good job and money to travel to interesting places. Life is great because they have the American dream. But what happens to this dream if they hear they have a devastating illness like lung cancer? The doctor may tell them they need treatment immediately or they will be dead in six months. He tells them, you need surgery, and then you need chemotherapy to get better. When they get home, they think of many unanswered questions. They ask themselves, will I survive when so many of my friends with cancer have died? How will I deal with the pain, hair loss, nausea, and vomiting, sore mouth, and other side effects of chemotherapy and pain of surgery? Will I be able to keep on working? What will happen to my family? Then they look at the internet and wonder, is there a better way to deal with lung cancer and return to my American dream? Carl Helvey can tell you yes, there is a better way. Carl Helvey is a registered nurse with a doctorate in public health and a 38-year lung cancer survivor. Carl was given six months to live when diagnosed and he refused chemotherapy and surgery. Carl used alternative interventions. Those not only helped him overcome lung cancer, but also to remain cancer-free and healthy for over the past 36 years since recovery. In his book, You Can Beat Cancer Using Alternative Integrative Interventions, Dr. Helvey will tell you his story of using all-natural treatments for lung cancer and continuing to work during his treatment. Free of pain and discomfort, Carl will also share how he remained cancer and disease-free since then without chronic illnesses or prescribed medications. His is supplemented with chapters by Dr. Bernie Siegel, Dr. Francesco Contreras, and Dr. James Forsyth, Alternative Integrative Physicians, and Dr. Kim Dalzell and Tanya Harder-Pierce, Health Professionals, all have successfully helped others overcome cancer. Research presented by the alternative physicians on their treatments for lung cancer demonstrate a significantly higher long-term survival rate for lung cancer clients than those obtained by conventional doctors. In addition, their clients were free of or had reduced side effects. You Can Beat Lung Cancer Using Alternative Integrative Interventions by Dr. Carl Helvey is now available at all major book outlets and at www.beatlungcancer.net. That's www.beatlungcancer.net. This information may help you return to The American Dream.
2: The Alien Cosmic Expo will be held in Brantford, Ontario June 26, 27, 28, and will feature 24 internationally acclaimed experts and researchers of UFOs, crop circles, alien abductions, and much more in this three-day 2015 Summer Canadian event. Experts in the field of extraterrestrials and alien encounters, out-of-body experiences, past life regression, soul reading, psychic, and mediumship will all be presented with professionalism, integrity, and credibility, making the Alien Cosmic Expo the largest event of its kind in Canada for 2015. The exhibitor hall will feature a spectacular lineup of gifted mediums, psychics, astrologers, channelers, aura photography, healers, as well as books, dvds alternative health products crystals jewelry and much more completing the venue with something for everyone for all information and to purchase your tickets for the alien cosmic expo go to www.aliencosmicexpo.com that's www.aliencosmicexpo.com
5: With 1,500 plus vets now participating, it's our goal to deliver 10,000 audio players this year. Go to our website at songsandstoriesforsoldiers.us. Help us help a veteran make it through the night.
3: Hi, this is Ken Elliott. When I'm floating
0: around the universe, I always try to tune in to Rob McClellan.
3: Hey, hold there, Trinity Frog on Sesame Street. When I want to find out what's going on with UFOs or ghosts, I listen to The X Zone with
0: Rob McCall.
3: Welcome back to The Exxon. We're coming to you from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. If you'd like to give us a call, ask Bob Mitchell any questions about UFOs, about his experiences, about the investigations that he's conducted, 1-800-610-7035 and press zero as the extension. It will bring you right here into our broadcast center. And we're coming to you around the world live on the Starcom Radio Network, and once again, Ed Till Show, Monday through Friday, from 9, p. 9 a.m. until 5 p.m., exclusively live on the Starcom Radio Network, and every weekend, Real Music Weekends. And of course, Monday through Friday, starting at 8 p.m. Eastern, The x with yours truly. That's right here on the Starcom Radio Network. Bob Mitchell is our special guest. Bob is going to be at the Alien Cosmo uh, Alien Cosmic Expo I don't know, I get sometimes mixed up with that. All I have to do is remember ACE, and there it is, the Alien Cosmic Expo that's being held in Brantford, Ontario, the city where Bob lives, on June 26, 27, 28. For more information, tickets, purchases, who's going to be there, and what you can expect to see and hear and experience, go to www.aliencosmicexpo.com. Bob, um, thanks for being with us. It's always nice talking to a fellow um, journalist, author. And uh, when it comes to the investigation and the research that you've done, both independently and as a, as a researcher for MUFON, um, I, 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 I know that many researchers, especially in the, in the alien UFO investigation side of the paranormal, use hypnosis. But why wouldn't there be exams like, um, you know, wh- why wouldn't people be checked by psychiatrists, uh, medical professionals, and other professionals to, to work with the, the claims and the findings of a hypnotist to, to give it that extra bit of validity that so many people are looking for?
4: Uh, sorry, did, I didn't catch the question. I, I only heard part
3: of it. Oh, okay. What I'm asking, what I'm saying, is that I understand that researchers and investigators, when it comes to UFOs, aliens, use hypnosis as a a tool of of uh, validating the claims that the experiencer or the abductee are making. Wouldn't it be Wouldn't it be more beneficial to the to the investigation itself? if professional members of the the medical community as well as the uh, psychology part of medicine were there present and took part in the investigation to give it that extra well, bit of validity.
4: It, yeah, I, I, I guess they, they would add something to it, but a, a psychologist, I mean, unless a psychologist was used to hearing these stories, I'm afraid most of them would would automatically assume that these people were delusional or having some psychotic breakdown. Um, Medically-wise, I mean, there have been cases where they found, you know, metallic uh, implants in people and they couldn't explain what they were. Um, But then again, nobody knows what that is. So... Um, but how do, how, how do very... you,
3: I, I understand the, the part of the weariness of bringing in a psychologist into an investigation of a person who's claiming to have been abducted, taken to a, by a spaceship to another planet. Uh, and, you know, the, the claims that, that they believe to be so real, but without any evidence to support their claims, how do you, how do you draw the line between fact and fiction?
4: Well, that that is a, a very difficult line to to draw because, um, I mean, I, I there was absolutely no reason for the four people that I talked to 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 make this up. Uh, mm-hmm. None of them had anything to gain; um, they had everything to lose. In fact, uh, their friends found out, you know, that, that all their life they were hiding these these secrets, but. Um, I mean, they sought me out. They wanted somebody to hear their stories. Uh, I listened. I questioned them. Um, I asked them different ways the questions. Um, didn't get any different answers. Uh, we, I tried to, to figure out, you know, could, you know did, are they making this up? Mm-hmm. And, and I came to the conclusion that, that they, all of them, absolutely believed these things happened to them. Um, they don't have any real proof other than they have this gut feeling that it did happen to them.
3: All right, can um, I ask you a hypothetical question? Sure. If I believe beyond anything that I have been abducted by aliens, all right, if I believe this to be the, to be the God's truth, if I am put under hypnosis, Will I give the same the same story based on my belief?
4: Uh, I'm told that under hypnosis you're less likely to to do that, mm-hmm. but a hypnosis is not uh, infallible. Um, and and hypnosis you actually don't uh, go asleep during it. You're actually pretty far. Uh, you're you're very awake and and you're aware of your surroundings. You just uh, you just your your consciousness doesn't control what you're remembering. Uh, you just go back further and, and you lose all your inhi- inhibitions and, and you're able to say what you're feeling and say what's happening. Now, um, I go back to Kelly. Uh, if it happened to her mm-hmm. and it happened by, a, a you know, an intelligent race of beings or entities or interdimensional beings or whatever they are... Um, they can control everything in your mind, so um, they can even control what she thinks had happened to her. Um, perhaps something more terrible than, than any of these people realize happened to them, and this is the memories they're allowed to remember. Um, but is it also it, it,
3: possible that what these people are actually coming up with are figments of their imagination? The, the boogie are the is, here's the basic question is the alien of today the boogeyman of yesterday
4: that's a good question too the, the only answer I can give to you is that the four people that I dealt with mm-hmm. didn't know each other and yet um, they all had very similar stories and had similar experiences um, Yeah from being engulfed in the blue light to beings coming through doors and windows and ceilings uh, to having an overwhelming love for a mantid and, uh, you know, hatred and fear for the greys um, and a feeling that uh, whatever was happening to them, they had no control over their bodies. Uh, um, their minds were totally living an experience that they believed was real and, mm-hmm. um, telepathic thoughts were all there. Uh, they all experienced blackouts. Um, they, some of them had, were shown visions of the future, not all of them. Um, they all re- recall how less afraid they were as children, but more afraid as they became adults. Um, they all had time-loss experiences. Uh, they all had a sensation of floating, I remember them, they all saying. Um And the description of the beings seemed to be similar. And another interesting thing is the four people I talked to, all of them had, at least one and some of them had several near-death experiences throughout their life, and three of the four had been adopted. Wow. Um, So I don't know what that means, but but the the experiences were so similar that, uh, and they didn't talk to each other. So... Is it Do they all have the same, uh, you know, figment of their imagination? Mm-hmm. Um, um, I mean, for Marianne, I mean, being, being deaf all her life, uh, it, it's hard to imagine how difficult it was for her to spend 50 years of her life with this basically hidden secret and and living in a silent world. How do you explain what happened to you, to anybody? Um, uh I, I just can't. I can feel for her so badly that she spent, you know, most of her life right. with this great heavy burden on her. Now it's been uplifted. Now she talks to anybody about it. But just imagine trying to tell somebody as a teenager, as a young woman, that uh, she was being, you know, abducted or or having encounters. They they would think she was nuts, basically. Um, How often? The now, thing
3: is, now, the research that you did uh, for your book was that as uh, as an independent author, or was that as an investigator with MUFON? Oh, independent author.
4: author. Okay. It had nothing to do with MUFON right. whatsoever. The, the only thing with MUFON was that I encountered two, two of them at a MUFON meeting, gotcha. but after that, like they, none of these people actually ever uh, reported anything to MUFON. And, and and I was the first person they had told their stories to, basically.
3: So tell me, what do you think the, the objective, ultimate goal of these visitors, these ETs, uh, why do they keep taking people? Why do they keep making their presence known to only certain people? Do they pose well, a threat it, it, to our safety?
4: Um... I have uh, some thoughts on that, and, and I haven't quite figured out which of my thoughts are, are the true thoughts, but one of them is that um, there is a theory out there that a lot of people have been taken over the, over the, over the last hundred years. Mm-hmm. Um, just, just look how many people disappear every year in the United States. Yeah. I've heard some figures about a million people a year disappear in the United States. Not every person is abducted by a serial killer. Not every person, you know, gets killed by their uh, spouse or family, relatives. Uh, some of them run away, but not everybody is found. So so where do they all go? Uh, where are all these children going to that disappear? Um, I've read some, some books from people, and the theories are that perhaps, and it's I hate to even think about this, but perhaps some of the ones that aren't coming back are being used as a food source.
3: Now, theories are great. Are, yes. Theories are great. Yeah. They're super for, for for writing books. They're super for the storylines of movies. But what evidence, what facts are behind well, well, there's no, these statements? There's
4: no, there's no evidence on that theory, other than mm-hmm. the fact that I don't know where all these people are going. But it, it also seems clear that many, many people believe that, uh, that you know, a hybrid is being developed for some reason um i don't know what reason that is um uh you know the people in my book they definitely saw mantids, they definitely saw greys but they didn't see any reptilians that it's another species that people out there seem to have caught on to recently um they've also seen the little hooded characters that they described as as monks um they could be greys too with 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 cloaks on them. I, I don't know. But uh, but they're obviously here, you know, looking at us as maybe um, studying us, just like we would study somebody else if we went to their mm-hmm. planet. I mean, they're studying our emotions for sure, because all these people were, were put through the ringer in, in emotions to see how they react. Um, Kelly tells a story that she's in her bedroom at one point, and and she's struggling to, to try to... Um, uh, not be paralyzed and not mm-hmm. let them enter her mind and and, and and she clearly hears a voice in her head saying, see how hard she struggles and it's not an anger voice, it's almost an amazement as if they were testing her and, and, and they say, wow, sh- she was able to resist this. Um, so, I, so I think there's an emotional, uh, whatever they are, they don't have the same emotions that we have and I think they're studying us for our, for that part. They're studying us as a species too to see what makes us tick. I guess just like if we went to a planet and found a, a lower species, we'd want to know what makes them tick. Um, I don't know how long they've they've been coming here, but and I don't know which species are here and what species mm-hmm. aren't here. I just know the ones that these people say are here. But
3: besides, other besides
4: people who have deductions. They say other species have been here for thousands of years. So all
3: right, but besides the people that you've talked to. What physical evidence have you oh, seen to I Can't sustain- hear you now. Could, All right, are you there? I'm I'm right here. I haven't gone anywhere.
4: Um, oh, I, I can. You're very faint in my earphones, but uh, well, I, can I hear you.
3: Okay, so the question is: Besides the the, the statements, the stories from people pertaining to. Abductions, experiences, E.T.s of different descriptions. Uh, you know, P, uh, E.T.s coming through the ceilings, through the walls. Is there any physical evidence? I mean, physical evidence that would substantiate Take the quiet, belief? Everybody. Yeah. Well, you know, like this is what people are looking for—the smoking gun.
4: Yeah, and I and I—the only smoking guns that that I know of are. Mm-hmm are the, you know, the uh, unclassified information that is now classified where it's pretty clear that um, over the last 50 years, uh, you know, the U.S. Air Force has uh, more information about UFOs than they've led to believe, um, but there is no uh, factual evidence that that I know of that mm-hmm. ever points to somebody proving beyond a shadow of a doubt that they've had an encounter with an alien. Um, there seems to be lots of evidence that they've seen things in the sky, mm-hmm. um, and, and there are pictures that have been taken. Most of them are, are not great, but some of them are, are pretty good. You
3: know, that's um, that's another point. Here, everybody has a high definition digital camera in their cell phones. There are webcams all over the place. There are dash mount cams. There are surveillance cameras. They have not taken that all that all needed. Photo proof. Yeah, so, plus,
4: yeah, there isn't that one the one gotcha gotcha that's right. picture plus, yet. You know, plus I, I, plus I,
3: hackers I, have hacked into government databases. Look what happened with the IRS. A hundred thousand uh hundred thousand yeah, you know, and, and yet no one has come up with any proof whatsoever. To collaborate the beliefs that UFOs and extraterrestrials are visiting this planet, it makes no sense to me, and I want to believe, but I want to see the proof.
4: Well, I mean, you have pilots who have seen things. You have uh, astronauts who have, you know, say they have seen things, and some have retracted mm. some, some some of the things they've said. Exactly. But, uh, I mean, I mean, there's but there's too many, you know non uh just average joes out there who have seen things and have come forward in over the last i would say even the last five years but you see that's the whole more people
3: that's the whole thing bob they've seen something they don't know what they've seen could it be an experimental aircraft that the government is working on like we don't want to tell everybody what we're doing because then the enemies would find out so i believe in in government classification but pilots, police officers, trained professionals, for goodness sake, do not give the type of information that is warranted, that is demanded by the public when it comes to the identification of what they're actually seeing. Are you seeing a UFO from, from Alpha Centauri? Are you seeing the Starship Enterprise in Earth or orbit? Whatever. There's no physical evidence. And to me, I've been doing this show for 24 years. I still have yet to see or to hear anything that I can say beyond the shadow of a doubt is proof that we are being visited by extraterrestrials. I'd love to see the proof.
4: Well, I mean, if you believe the government is withholding information that may point that direction, that could be an answer why you haven't seen it, but I think at the Alien Cosmic Expo, there's mm-hmm. going to be lots of people with lots of stories, and, and um, you know, again, it, they're just stories. Yeah. Um, I would love to have, you know, somebody come up with an absolute proof that this is an alien, uh, you know, sure. body. that this uh, isn't, you know, some um, kid from, you know, New Mexico or San Francisco that was on display, like happened in the Mexico one recently. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I, I believe it's coming. I believe disclosures coming sooner than later. But the problem is, how does the U.S. government ever come clean? It, it's it's probably the the, the biggest public relations um, you know you thing know, that they're ever going to have to do. Bob, we've got I don't to we don't know how they can clean after t- after twenty years, well, thirty l- years of of hiding it.
3: You know, you and I have got to say so long for tonight, but I'm going to be seeing you at the Alien Cosmic Expo June 26, 27, 28 in Brantford, Ontario. But just let me leave you with this thought. If the President of the United States cannot have a sexual encounter in the White House, the most secure building in the entire free world, without the world knowing in a matter of months, How in the name of God can they ever hide an alien or crashed UFO?
4: Good question. And if Hillary gets elected, maybe she'll have the answer.
3: Hey, if Hillary gets elected, does she get to have an intern too?
4: I think so. I think that's part of the deal.
3: (laughs) Bob Mitchell, take care of yourself. Great talking to you. Congratulations on your great book. Intrusion, Alien Encounters, it's available at Amazon.com online, ExoNation, and Bob's website is bobmitchellwriter.wordpress.com, and Bob is going to be one of the key speakers at the Alien Cosmic Expo, 26, 27, 28 of June in Brantford, Ontario. Visit their website, aliencosmicexpo.com. I'll be back on the other side of the short break as we continue here in the X-Zone with yours truly, Rob McConnell, from our broadcast center in beautiful Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Whatever you do, don't go away. And thank you for joining us right here in the X-Zone on Starcom Radio Network.
0: Have you exhausted all traditional means of healing without success? Are you experiencing communications through ghosts, angels or even extraterrestrials and want to validate these experiences? Or would you simply like to speak with someone who can help you find your life's purpose? I'm Dr. Joseph Mara and I'm offering my services to humanity at this time through
4: consultations. These consultations include angel card readings, guided meditations, life coaching, and energy healing. If you desire clarity of what may appear to be unexplainable phenomenon, then contact me through my website
0: at aguidinglight spelled L I T E dot com, to schedule your consultation today. Until then, I offer you love, light, and laughter.
3: chasing 120 by monty wolverton get your copy today at www.ptm.org forward slash 120 or on amazon.com
1: great news for a limited time you can get one month free of spectrum mobile service that's right one month free with any new line this exclusive offer is only available at select spectrum stores so stop by today our team of mobile experts are ready to help you switch and save hundreds on your mobile bill Don't miss out on this incredible offer. Come see us at Market at Hilliard, Taylor Square, and Waterloo Crossing.
6: Spectrum internet and auto pay required. Restrictions apply. Visit store for details.